0: Hey, it's Sarah. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know our new 2022 catalog is out. If you go to our website at www.workwisdomllc.com, you can take a look.
1: In 2017, Work Wisdom got our first real office on the second floor of a 100 year old skyscraper on the square of our little city. We knew that we wanted to continue growing into our identity as a learning organization with contemplative practices and unique connections with our clients. Within the first week, we had converted a wide windowsill into a cozy urban sit spot using a repurposed dog bed and a fake fur rug. It became a place of reading, writing, staring at the snow, and into the historic farmer's market next door. We soon placed a round glass table beside a full bank of bookshelves with fresh flowers always on the table each week, And it worked beautifully to spread out piles of books while Sarah and I would write articles. We used dry erase markers on the glass table to sketch out new ideas. The seating in each of the three coaching offices was meticulously intended to foster focused connection with the clients. The chairs and the couches were velvet, the pillows were shag fur, and the furniture was placed close enough together but, but so that there were no direct sight lines into the eyes of the coach. We wanted clients to easily stare up out of the windows to get lost in their thoughts during our conversations. And they did, uh, invoking the road trip effect. We embraced natural lighting and as much biophilia as possible to introduce animals and plants into our space. While we didn't yet know it, that office was our first foray into work wisdom design, where every detail of the space, the light, the furniture, color, fabric, were used to cultivate an aspired identity and culture. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Kedrin Crosby. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're sharing ideas about intentionally using design to create the best future for your teams and your company. I feel lucky every single day to have the opportunity to work with the creative genius, Christy Slothauer. Today, Christy and I are going to share a bit of the philosophy and the practices of work wisdom design, and think about how you too might begin approaching your space as a resource for connection, for fuel, and for strategy when we so desperately need all of it. While our ideas are somewhat innovative, they're also as ancient as cave drawings. Christie. we know that the patron saint of work wisdom, Peter Drucker, said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. And we also know that the brilliant modernist architect, Mies van der Rohe, famously said that God is in the details. So how do you feel about mixing these two quotes together and thinking about how we use the details to create the best future. When it comes to work wisdom design, what are you thinking about when you think about how to use the details to create the best future? What are you thinking?
0: Well, I'm thinking that I will add one more quote to those yes. two quotes. <laughs> The quote that comes to mind is the best way to make your dreams come true is to wake up. Mm. And when I think about waking up, I think about noticing God in all of those details around and then seeing everything as shiftable and tangible and an agent of making that predictable future and mm-hmm. creating the future that you want. Mm-hmm. So waking
1: up, and that's an Anna Wintour mm-hmm. quote. Is that true? So when we wake up, we can start to see um, what could be. Mm-hmm. And and then we can start to put more um, energy or attention on that which will help us get to that dream, to manifest that Mm -hmm. dream even through details.
0: Yeah. I love the example you gave in the initial story Mm -hmm. about the last office building of identifying that window seat and then using the detail of the repurposed dog bed Mm -hmm. in the seat that was simply waking up to who Work Wisdom was Mm -hmm. and then the details that would enable the people in the space to live into that.
1: Yeah, it didn't take much. No, It was probably $20 altogether, (laughs) but it required knowing who we were Mm -hmm. and who we wanted to be and then noticing,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. wow, there's a wide window right there, (laughs) and it could be very cool. Okay, so that's really what we're thinking about. So you and I think about sort of the philosophy of work wisdom design and how we help clients use design. Um, I, I like to think a little bit about some of our methods. And so in some ways, it's very different than maybe what an interior decorator would do, because we're starting with the aspired identity of the organization. So we think a lot about culture. So whether it's the integrated culture framework, the work of Boris Groisberg, or the work of Kim Cameron and Bob Quinn, um, thinking about the competing values framework, or if we're thinking about archetypes, these are all ways that we can begin by understanding who that organization wants to be. They want to be say a learning culture. They want to be a collaborative culture. They uh, have an archetype in mind. They want to be the guardian. And then they want us to help them to think about how they embody that through their environment, through all of these choices. Mm -hmm. So when, when, when you think about our methods and we start with thinking about identity and culture and then we back into it and we think about the choices, what do you think? we do there? What's the most important thing that we do in all of that?
0: Yeah. Well, I think identifying who we are Mm -hmm. gives us the power to make choices that will align with ourselves as individuals or an organization day by day. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the friction we feel with design comes from when decisions were made separate from who we were at Mm. our core and when there's that unison and that harmony that's when design works and that's when you want to be in the space because it's inviting you to be the better next version of yourself not the better next version of someone else. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than trying to be someone that you're not, whether that's individually or as an organization. So if you are a learning culture Mm -hmm. and you're in a space that's geared towards, say, inspiration and originality, that may feel frantic or chaotic to you versus if it's designs that are geared towards learning and focus and uh, research or whatever it is that you're leaning into. Yeah. Design is just a series of choices that are leading you towards who you are, but elevating it to that next level.
1: Yeah. I love the way that you talk about that, that they're informed, intentional choices. Mm -hmm. Um, We've said you're going to buy the stapler by the stapler that's going to, in fact, elevate you mm-hmm. um, and, and really allow you to become this more robust version of yourselves. And we can, we can think about this in so many ways, you know, um, to the example of our first office in the Grace Building, or if you think about our office at Urban Place now, you know, it really can be a choice of what kind of fabric, mm-hmm. um, what kind of color, what kind of lighting, uh, what kind of doors, what kind of glass, all of those millions and millions of details can help us really embody the type of culture we want to be. And and it's not just for our employees, but also for our customers Mm -hmm. that are coming into our space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love the example you gave of making a choice of where to put the seating in the coaching rooms so that it's giving the clients the opportunity to get lost in their thoughts or we were even talking before we turned the mics on about the pillows that are on those couches that Mm -hmm. are a sensory experience something that the client can be physically holding on to during a meeting Mm -hmm. Um, but all of those choices are well they're simply choices Mm -hmm. you know they aren't rocket science, but it is waking up to the fact of, okay, if a client is in this space, what might they want to do with their eyes, with their hands, and putting yourself in their shoes to make those decisions. Yeah, it
1: makes it so magical for the clients.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the employees get it. But when the
1: clients come in and to an organization that is intentionally designed to um, to embody the archetype or the culture of an organization, they can't put their finger on it. They, mm-hmm. They're always like, "Why is it, why does it feel so great in here?" Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's the culmination of hundreds of micro decisions that um, have been intentional. So, when you think about work wisdom design, why do you think it's wise to be intentional about these? many, many decisions um, to shape the micro and the macro
0: behaviors of a team. Why do you feel like it's wise? Well, I think that design is always shaping the micro and macro behaviors of a team, and it's not really something that employers have the option of whether they want to opt into or opt out of design because a It's always design, Mm -hmm. and it's happening now. Um, So whether you chose what light bulbs you put into a room that's affecting your employees or whether you chose the colors on the wall or not that's infecting... uh, (laughs) Maybe infecting them, too. Maybe infecting them, too. Uh, The employees. So I see it very much as a train that has already left the station, and it's a matter of where we lay the tracks. So I think that it's wise to... um, get involved because it's already happening yeah i think i think you're right too i
1: think it's another opportunity for organizations to embody their values Mm -hmm. as well so what do you what are your thoughts about how you can take the core values of an organization and bring them to life through design can you do that yes (laughs) yes
0: you can definitely do that Um, I think that it starts it can start at any level that Mm -hmm. you want it to but it could be as simple as filling the space with items that are locally made Mm -hmm. or maybe it's shifting the layout of a space to promote environmentally friendly behaviors Mm -hmm. you know making the recycling bin prominent and beautiful Mm -hmm. or you know um, so yeah there's Many ways to approach how you are going to live out your values through design, um, but once again, it goes back to identifying them, making sure that they feel true, yeah, and then keeping them at the forefront of every decision yeah. through the design process.
1: By the way, I just saw the new um, all-genders bathroom sign that we have here at Work Wisdom. <laughs> <Yes>. Amazing.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to uh,
1: see that hung. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was a really fun... A design choice Mm -hmm. because that came from a conversation we had about like, we'd like to be even more explicit about this. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want it to just be two pictures, Mm -hmm. we want it to say all gender. And then we got to live into the value of getting it handmade from, you know, renewable resources. And it was also really inexpensive. And it was just fun to see this is people, planet profit positive, And it didn't take that much time. I mean, with the internet, you can go a lot of places really
1: <laughs> fast. But yeah. for the internet, yeah. it's gonna be big. We love it. Okay, well, that that's that's a really concrete example. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. So would you like to explain to our listeners in a nutshell, sort of how we take them through work wisdom design, just broad brush
0: strokes, anyhow? Mm hmm. Yeah, the super broad brushstrokes are that we go through a discovery process where we identify the culture, identity, values, archetype, um, and get really comfortable with that. And the whole process is very much a co-creation. Because after the work wisdom design process is wrapped up, so to speak, Mm -hmm. then it's the employees that are living into that day by day. So it's creating this understood language and identity that they can carry out on their own then. Um, So after the discovery process of the organization or individual, Mm -hmm. then we do a discovery process of the space itself and look at what's unique to the space, what are the resources available, and then the design comes from overlapping the two. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets really fun. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, The noticing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are those opportunities Mm -hmm. to shine the light on? Yeah. Put a dog bed on. Love it. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I know uh, a lot of, a lot of business leaders are thinking about their office spaces right now and what to do with them. And so what advice would you have for leaders who have, you know, 5,000, 10,000 square feet right now? Um, what What do you think they might want to be thinking about in terms of using design
0: optimally mm-hmm. for their companies? I think two things. Mm-hmm. The first is that no matter what your company policy is about coming in or out of the office, to be very aware that you want the space to be a place that your employees want to come to. Mm. Because if you are requiring them to come in, you want them to be energetically coming into that space. And so if it's not an inviting space, um, that will be detracting from your employees' performance, most likely. Mm. And if nothing else, their well-being, their yeah. their happiness. Um And then also thinking about the level of autonomy that the average employee has in their own workspace and is that same level of choice or at least an aspired same level of choice in the workspace, something as simple as lighting. Mm -hmm. Do they only have access to one light switch in their office or do they have access to maybe a lamp or a mixture of task and ambient lighting or even natural lighting Um, and just maybe walking through the space with a different lens of, do my employees have choice in this Mm. space about almost creating micro designs for themselves? Because throughout the day, you might require different types of lighting, you might need to wake up in the morning with stronger lighting, and you might need to lower it down in the afternoon Mm. if you've been on calls for a while. So how are we providing employees with the choices?
1: Yeah, I've I've been thinking a lot about how do we create our offices um, to be almost magnetic, to draw Mm. people in. Um, We have these beautiful flowers that are delivered every week at Work Wisdom from um, Petals with Style. And I was on vacation last week, and I missed them so much. I almost came to the office. It's that magnetic um, to create a space that, that you love to be part of. So I think it's a really different way to think about offices mm-hmm. than how maybe leaders thought about them in the past, is how do we create um, community spaces where there is that collective effervescence that can happen. Is there one design detail that you particularly
0: love to think about? Well, I just talked about lighting, but that's that's definitely top of mind for me. I love how connected it is to our energy and how light can have such an immediate influence on, you know, does it help us wake up a little bit? Does it help lower our heart rate? You know, how mm-hmm. we can step into natural light or warm light. You know, I I just love the effect that that has so immediately um, on us. But I love the small details, too. I love thinking about what our hands touch. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Work Wisdom office, you had ordered marble handles Mm -hmm. that then we put on the cabinets in the kitchen. And there's just something about touching those, Mm -hmm. right, that is very centering and calming. So I like walking around a space and touching things, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about what are the things we're going to touch every day and how can we step into those textures and whether that's fabric or natural materials, um, so that we're touching as much. I
1: feel like we're so lucky to live in an era that's re-embracing wallpaper mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, the self-adhesive wallpaper, it's, it's a great way to, show your own character or or make your space even more inviting so um i think that's another design detail that i feel like uh is it's time for office spaces Mm -hmm. to start embracing as well i could talk about this all day long um well thank you so much christy for being part of this movement to help world changers enhance their individual and collective team performance Thank you, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist, and we hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and productions, ask questions, and contact us to make suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we will leave you with some wisdom, this time from Tybor Kalman. The difference between good design and great design is intelligence. Great design requires greater knowledge about the human condition and how the spaces people inhabit powers their ability to achieve.